0: Hey, you busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. I have been noticing a trend that has been extremely disappointing. Only because I see how easy it is to slip into the slippery slope of all things discouragement. Depression, anxiety, rebuke that in the name of Jesus. I see how easy it is. And I hate this. I hate that we are <laughs> not equipped enough to truly carry the weight that God already see that we can carry. I hate the enemy's tactics against all good that God is doing and will do and has already done in our lives. There is something provoking about watching people get weak in their emotions because they are not fueled enough in their faith. And I don't say that in any way that is finger pointing. I don't say it in a way as if I arrive somewhere and I'm waiting for everybody to catch up is that for a brief moment in time, there has been a little glitch in the spiritual matrix where God allowed me to see almost a mirror version of something that I've been discussing with him, something that I have been feeling. And to see the mirror version of me, I was like, wow, God, there was an an anger provoked. I thought there would have been a sadness at first because of what I was seeing, but then it turned into an anger. Let me give you some backdrop couple of weeks ago and if I'm honest, I've been in and out of this particular emotion more than I care to just admit. I feel like we all have certain triggers that when we brush upon it, it kind of erupts some things within us emotionally. And so we start to react off of what we're feeling and we completely forget. promises of God we completely forget the things that we are standing on in our faith we completely forget that God is a promise keeper that he will not plant something in your heart and have it not be fruitful we completely forget that everything is in good season and in due time we completely forget because our emotions are so potent. That it literally has the ability to override our faith. And when you think about it, you can't see either. You can't see faith. You can't see emotion. You can decide which one you're going to adhere to. And then your body reacts to, okay, so this is what I'm going to feel. So around TMI, my my womanly situation, you see what I'm saying? Okay, because I didn't want to say it. I find that I become very analytical dissecting everything trying to figure out what the next move is and it kind of shifts me out of alignment of where I'm supposed to be and it happens so subtly that I don't realize that until I begin to have conversations and I'm like I've already discussed this before. I've already put this on God's prayer list. I've already stood on faith and put scripture to that. I've already done a fast about that. Why am I continuing to talk about anything? Oh, I'm frustrated because I don't feel like this is going the way that I want it to go. It's not as fruitful as I want it to be. I don't feel encouraged to keep on going in this particular area. I don't, it's like, wait a minute, Peter, you're the one that said, scary situation, but Lord, if that's you on the water, tell me to come out there to you on the water. And so I don't care what happens from the time that I said that, from the time that he said that, from the time that he actually realized, okay, if it's you, then this is how I'm going to go ahead and test it out. From the time that he said that to the time that he got out the boat, he should have had the mindset of, I am not stopping until I am with him on the water because that's what I stood on in faith when I initially set out to do this. But somewhere between the storms and the waves and the bills and the everyday lives and what they do at the job, and you forgot the sermon that you heard, you forgot the feeling that you heard. What happened? You did the same thing that Peter did. You began to sink and you look out to Jesus like, help me. Don't you I'm sinking. And he, he reaches out how fast? Immediately. And when he looks at Peter, he says, Why did you doubt me? The only reason you are in this predicament is because you trusted me enough to get out the boat in the first place. The only reason you're in this predicament is because you set it up in your mind. You put your mindset on faith base. You put your mindset on Jesus and said, I am setting out to do a thing. I am going, I know nobody in my family has done it. I know no one in my age bracket has done it before. I know that this is not really the the usual path that people take. But what I will say is that if I set out to do a thing, then God is going to do it. He he is going to keep his part the only thing I need to do is keep mine. The only thing I need to do is make sure that what I initially set out to do, where I initially set my faith on, that I don't waver once new things enter the chat. The waves, the winds, bro, they're going to always be there. The bills, the people, they're going to always be there. It's always going to be something else competing with. Let me really see if you believe what you originally said. Oh, you said you want to be out there with Jesus on the water? While I can't stop that, I'm going to throw these distractions at you a trillion miles an hour. Yeah, I know that Peter should have known what waves and winds look like. I mean, after all, he's a fisherman. But it hits different when you're trying to walk out something with Jesus. It hits different when everybody else in the boat is still afraid. It hits different when God entrusts you to be a trailblazer in a particular area in your life. It's it hits different when you're like the waves and the winds when we're in the boat not, not so much scary, but when I'm outside of the boat, when I'm outside of my element, when I'm outside of my comfort zone, when I'm outside of the norm, it scares me God. And I, and what I set forth to just look at you, I start to look to my left, to the waves. I start to look to my white, to the winds. And I'm like, Ooh, this is scary. And so, you know, what you told your body, you know, what you told yourself, what we're going to set ourselves to is the gauge of fear is the gauge of fear. Because why else would Jesus reach down and go, buddy, why did you doubt me? And the sad part is that Peter couldn't even give no explanation. It wasn't like, now, come on, God. <laughs> I, I, I did a couple of steps. Like, can I get some credit for that? Like, you know, it, it, was, it was almost as if he realized once everything was settled, dang, I did doubt you. And so here I am every lately unexpected bills were coming up and I'm like, come on. I'm trying to get somewhere. It's like, duh, (laughs) the kingdom of darkness knows you trying to get somewhere and they trying to compete. That's what it does. You can't get mad at something performing in the way that it's supposed to. You can get mad at Judas because he actually is a thief. You can't get mad that he was actually created to do the thing for, for Calvary. So stop getting mad at the things that are are in place to elevate you to the next level and start looking at it like, yo, you're doing exactly what you were designed to do. I'm going to do exactly what I was purposed to do. Imagine the kingdom of darkness doing kingdom of darkness things, and yet we can't walk out fruitfully the promises of God. Now, hold on now. <laughs> I'm competitive now. What you not going to do, I'm talking about G squad. Like, listen, I'm on this side of the kingdom. What you not going to do is be getting points on my behalf. No, you not. And so this is kind of, man, I'm so passionate about this because guess what? I know that the Bible says, and I believe offhand that Paul said it. He said, brothers and sisters, when you are facing just, and I'm paraphrased, troubles and pains and whatever, just know that you're not the only one, that there's other brothers and sisters in the world that are experiencing the same kind of trouble that you're experiencing. So what happened today? Today I'll go ahead and open up my email and I'm assigned, or I went ahead and signed up for somebody's Patreon, which by the way, giving you major stare down because you should be a part of my Patreon, Strive, the letter N, Inspire but that's between you and the Lord. So I went ahead and and became a part of this Patreon community for this one person that I felt like she's doing kingdom stuff there. I just, for whatever the reason I felt led to support her. So I did just that because again, I want to plant the same way that I want to reap harvest. So I can't want people to support me. I can't want people to literally watch God in action. If I'm not assigning that, or giving that gift to somebody else. That's like hoarding money. You don't hoard money, you give it away. You don't you don't hoard your talent, you give it away. God has always blessed people who were just great enough to be like, I see the abundance in this, and I and I know that you gave me what I need and anything that's surplus, I'm giving it away. Or however I feel directed, I'm giving it away. So I went ahead and out of all the days, She decides to write something very transparent and vulnerable and I super respect it, but it was about discouragement. And I know from looking at other videos of hers on YouTube and such, she has a disconnect with her dad, her biological father. And so I'm looking at this video and the song was beautiful. She was essentially saying like, yo, she's tired of being in the in-between stage. She's been planting these seeds for years. She's ready to see some sprout and not just sprout. She's ready to see the fruit and not just the fruit. She's ready to eat the fruit and actually be nourished by the things that she's planted for so long. She's trying to stay consistent. She's trying to walk out her dreams and her plans. And it just feels like it's, it's frustrating her. And so she was just Essentially saying, God, lead me, reveal the path. Show me the way that I should go. I I don't want to quit in the middle. Show me what I should be doing. And a beautiful thing happened. I thought it was just a video of it being a song. After the song, she said, okay, now back to the mic. And she kind of made it like a transparent, almost like a journal. Like, this is what she's feeling currently. This is, she's trying to do this, but this keeps coming up. She hates that she's still worried about money, but she's trying to walk in obedience and this, that, and the third. And she started to cry. And for a little bit of the video, I was like, oh, God bless her you know, and I said my prayer that I felt led to do, you know, God reveal to her the work that you're doing in her life and let her not be blinded by the things of you and, and have sight for what the enemy's trying to do. And I, I, I mean, I was in my, listen, give me my big hat. Cause I was in my prayer bag. You understand? And then I went from feeling this like, Oh, to getting angry. I'm talking about grip my teeth angry because for the first time, looking at someone else's pain, I saw attack. You know we read Peter oh why didn't he just keep walking why didn't he it's a difference than reading someone's life we can pull and extract so much wisdom we can say what he should have done we can watch the basketball games or a show or whatever and say oh what what, what I would have done is it is so easy to go ahead in a calm state. Confirm what you would have done if that would have been you. But I understand that it's a different experience when it's actually you on the water, when it's actually your bills that are not due or not being paid and overdue or whatever it is. Rebuke that in the name of Jesus. Like it is different when you are the person on the stage. Everybody in the audience can see the bigger picture but you. And I got angry. Cause I said, yo, God is not a deadbeat. Like, and I know that it may be something just among my brothers and sisters who don't have the best connection and relationship with their earthly father, but God is not a deadbeat. He's not the father that you're like, man, he said he was going to do this, but he didn't show up. He's not the father that you're like, he's awesome in this area, but he's not in this area. He's not the father that you got to overcompensate and kind of put a, you know, like blind eye to some things. He falls short in because he actually has a little bit of glimmer of awesomeness in this area. He is not a deadbeat. If God put a promise in your heart, it will be so. All good things Come down from the father. All things work together. Romans 8, 28 for the good. He is a good, good father. We are not supposed to be singing songs, letting things fall out of our lips and then letting tears fall from our eyes because secretly we don't believe that he's going to do it for us. For whatever the reason, the enemy is so crafty that he knows how to strategically make it where you can believe it for everybody else. But you, yeah, not so much. Call it humble. Call it whatever you want to call it. It's still a lack of faith. Period, end the point, end the blank. And I just got a second wind of faith fuel because I'm like, yo, time out. What y'all not about to do, including me, Cause I'm a part of the grandbaby committee in society. I got my hand gestures up and doing all the things. What we are not about to do is have God over here looking like he barely pays his child support. <laughs> We're not an orphan. Mm-mm. God is on time all the time. He may not be a part of your time frame, but he's on time. Don't you ever get it twisted? No, like, and I'm getting hype. You don't gotta hold me back. You don't gotta push off. It's nothing. But like, at the same time, like they disrespecting my daddy, and, and I take it's a different kind of like. Hold on, now I protect mine <laughs> on all regard, on how I live, on how I speak, on how I project, on how I everything from the crown of my head to the sole of my feet. I know that God is real. I know that He comes through. I know that He does the miraculous and do season and just because it's not sprouting when you want and just because you don't see the fruit when you thought that the fruit would come i'm gonna be honest with you and i'm unzipping unveiling and i do this only because we are a non-gossiping right that's the kind of grandbabies we i just want to make sure i make the eye contact before i went into my vulnerability back i truly thought that with me carrying out the commission and the whatever you want to call it of strive and inspire that I was showing a couple of things one that I can be consistent two that I had a blessable character that God could go ahead and build on so when I ventured out and did the merch line created to multiply when I did the patreon strive and inspire When I went out to venture on other things and it didn't yield the fruit that I thought that it should have, I was disappointed, upset, E or the above. And I was angry because I said, I showed for three years plus that I'm going to carry this cross however it needs to be carried, whenever it needs to be carried. I'm not going to put this thing down. For crying out loud, I had COVID, rebuke it in the name of Jesus, and still carried the cross. I was feeling beat up, bruised in seasons of being undervalued at jobs, didn't have energy to do nothing, and still carried my cross. And so I felt like low key, to be honest, it was owed to me. Man, I read about the Bible where you said, didn't you say Daniel God, that he was so awesome that anything he put his hand to, it flourished because he had a spirit of excellence. I'm watching Joseph in the Bible. I'm like, bruh, buddy, it's not, you with him in all kinds of areas. You make it, he ain't even applying for the promotion. And you just like, eh, let me just put your head over here real quick. So I understand that you elevate I understand that you bless. I'm reading Proverbs 16 because I believe it to be the the Bible chapter of all planning. If you ever want to just think about how do you plan life? How do you go about life? How do you walk? Read you some Proverbs 16. It's all there. But then I had a G check. Like, bruh, it's not about you, Craig. (laughs) I mean, honestly, not to be disrespectful, but it's not. You can't bribe God with consistency. And not to say that's what I was intending to do. But when you peel back the layers of your emotionalism, that's what you're saying. God, I did this. How come you're not giving me that? When do we start bargaining with the Lord? When you truly believe that God is not a deadbeat, you believe all of him. You believe all of him. You believe that his timing is perfect. That the way in which he leads is full of wisdom. That he's sovereign even if he says no. That he's still a great father even if he's silent. That whatever it is that you are waiting on, (laughs) it's not because he forgot. It's just because it needed a little bit more sauce. When you truly believe that he's a good, good father, you take The waiting periods, as like, oh, okay, he's perfecting it. There's some things happening behind the scenes that I can't see. Yeah, I know what I can see is trying to scare me. But at the same time, my daddy is not a deadbeat. I'm not going to be at this window talking about, he said five o'clock and it's 7 p.m. That's not the God that we serve. He wants you to just be like, yo, If it's taking this long, this thing is about to be dope. So what I need to be doing while I'm waiting is praying that God elevates and strengthens my character. Because my character is the foundation to every blessing. And I want to be able to have a character that supports the blessing that God is entrusting me with. You truly got to look at it like, I don't want to drive through blessing. I don't, we treat blessings from God like, oh, it's not ready. Oh, just pull up over there and he'll be out in five minutes. No, none of that's good for you. None of that's going to sustain you. You're going to be hungry actually in a couple of hours. You waiting on God to come to your particular proverbial car to give you a meal. What if God was intending to just grant you a whole grocery store? Make you an owner. Make you a wife. Make you a husband. Elevate that. The fact that we are even so low in our thinking and expectations at times that all we really want is just the you know the bag of food so we can go on our way and god is like no i don't want to teach you just to you know eat the fish sandwich i want to make you a fisher of men it's bigger than fulfilling you i want to sustain you so that you can go ahead and fulfill other people on a bigger level Moses was over there in Midian just minding his business, who knew that he was going to be the person that's going to have ear for millions of Israelites. Yeah, that's different. <laughs> I'm sure he should he would have been like, if he would have known like oh bro by the way i know you ran over here after one person said something to you and so that's why you what is this midian oh okay it's cute um but i do want you to know that god is getting ready to prepare you to be a leader of millions of people i wondered would he have taken his waiting season more seriously i wonder if he would have done anything different i wonder if he would have all oh, hindsight What a terrible teacher because all hindsight is what it essentially, if I knew now or if I knew then what I know now, oh, I would have done it different. Don't you know that that's a sister cousin to regret? So how do we overcome hindsight learning? How do we overcome just opening the portal for anything regret we have to see the waiting period differently. And so it's a couple of things that came to mind. First off, you ain't gonna be able to talk about seasons and all that without ecclesiastics, but I'm gonna go ahead and do so, okay. But what comes to mind is Galatians six nine. I mean, anything about the reaping and all of that, but the beauty of that is that when I was looking at this scripture, I was like, wait a minute, I didn't realize all the other stuff that came with it. <laughs> We speed through the Galatians 6, 9, because that's honestly one of the chapters that I memorized from, from childhood. But I was like, time out. I want to start at four, right? Okay. So Galatians 6, you know, I read from the NLT version four, pay careful attention to your own work. Oh, hold on. Pause. Listen, that's not me hitting you. That's the Bible giving you the uppercut. I moved out the way a long time ago. Okay. Okay. Four, pay careful attention to your own work for then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done. And you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else. Five, for we are responsible for our own conduct. Those who are taught the word of God should provide for their teachers sharing all good things with with them. Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the spirit will harvest everlasting life from the spirit. Nine. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Oh, there's a contingency. Mm -hmm. You want me to read it again? Sure thing. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing. Praise God. Hold on. If we don't give up you got a part to play in that too. You, mm-hmm. God is in control of the timing. God is in control of the harvest. God is in control of all the weather and things that are needed for the harvest to do what it needs to be done. But you are in control on if you're even there, when it's time to reap. imagine all this fruit. And there's no person, no basket, no nothing to go ahead and collect. So then what happens? The fruit and I was rotted. It's not being kept. It's, you know, isn't that the very reason why in Genesis, God didn't allow vegetation to even take place yet? Because he was like, I have not created man. There's no one to toil the ground, to till the ground. Yeah, because he knows. I'm not about to have all this fruit and there's no one to collect it, to harvest it, to go ahead and do what needs to be done to keep it. No. So God would rather hold back vegetation from even happening, even though he spoke it before creating man. Let the ground sprout and do this down the third. And then you read it and you're like, what do you mean there's no vegetation? You spoke it. He's like, yeah, but I don't speak something. I don't create something for it to spoil So if man is not there yet, then the vegetation will remain dormant until the person that I created for this is present. You understand? It's like we looking at God and he's like, um, I see what you came with. You you came with your little okay, that's cute. What would you get that basket from? Hobby lobby? Cute. But you don't understand the harvest that I have for you. Uh just the same way that Jesus fed the 5,000 men, not counting women and children. They walked away with 12 baskets full. So maybe even in your reaping time, you come into God too small. He's like, What you gonna do with that? What are you babysitting and you wanna Are you trick-or-treating? Like what <laughs> like what's that? Like he's like, uh, oh, you didn't You think I waited this long to have it yield this little? You think I allowed you to cry over certain seeds and give you something without real substance? Yeah, play with your daddy. Don't play with God. He's not a deadbeat. You understand? And and that's no disrespect. It's just I need to just be that vulgar in my stance with it because I understand being a grandbaby that has a disconnect from her earthly father, that sometimes that could trickle over. And it's like, um, I needed the reminder. I love having the conversations with you, but I needed the reminder. He is not a deadbeat. He didn't create you and then walk away like your earthly father did. He, he he didn't have a conscience that allowed him not to see about you and you are a part of his his loins. Seriously? God would never. And it needs to be that loud. And it needs to be that abrupt. And it needs to be that pearl clutchy because it needs to be said. There is an attack. On people who do not have the proper relationship with their father, it spills over to your relationship with God. And then God has to do the unknotting, the untangling, to get you to see that he's a good, good father. That is who he is. He is the shepherd you should not be in want. He will lead you. He will guide you. You will not be an orphan. He sends the Holy Spirit to make sure that you have an earth partner. He did not leave you or forsake you. He would never abandon you. He goes through so much trouble to let you know I am here. And we can't even grasp that because our earthly fathers were deadbeat. Hmm? yeah I said that for the little girl in me I said that for the little girl in me because she needed to hear yo uh uh-uh, uh that's not I'm sorry We that's mm, he had one job Craig to get to get you on this side of earth other than that God was like yo what he could possibly fumble Mm, it's probably best he stays over there. (laughs) And we can make up all the stuff in our mind like, oh, but maybe my life would have been different. And maybe if this, no, see, what you don't understand is that, I mean, what could somebody at a broken state teach you about wholeness? He didn't know his father. You see what I'm saying? Sometimes the blessing is the absence. And let God be the father that fills earth and heaven because he created that in the first place. You see what I'm saying? But bigger than that, I couldn't leave without talking about my girl, Hannah. I couldn't leave without talking about my girl, Hannah, because for the first time reading about Samuel's mother, I seen something that, again, you don't. your eyes are only open when you are willing to see something. And to see this woman's consistency, this woman's faith, it was so beautiful because I feel like this is the first depiction that I was able to see on what God was doing behind the scenes. Because a lot of the times the reason why our faith is wavering is because we feel like, um, is anything going on? But I I love this particular story of Hannah. Because it didn't really show me what God did. It showed me her posture and how she was different after she put her prayer request on God's, on God's to-do list and believed it. So I want to read from so 1 Samuel chapter 1. I'm going to read from verse 8. Why are you crying, Hannah? Elkna would ask. Why aren't you eating? Why be downhearted just because you have no children? You have me. Isn't that better than having 10 sons? Every time I read that, I get upset, but we're going to keep going. Nine. Once after a sacrificial meal at Shiloh, Hannah got up and went to pray. Eli, the priest was sitting at his customary place beside the entrance of the tabernacle. Hannah was in deep anguish, crying bitterly as she prayed to the Lord. And she made this vow. "O Lord of heaven's armies. If you will look upon my sorrow and answer my prayer and give me a son, then I will give him back to you. He will be yours for his entire lifetime. And as a sign that he has been dedicated to the Lord, his hair will never be cut. As she was praying to the Lord, Eli watched her. Seeing her lips moving, but hearing no sound, he thought she had been drinking. Must you come here drunk? He demanded. Throw away your wine. Oh, no, sir, she replied. I haven't been drinking wine or anything stronger, but I'm very discouraged. And I was pouring out my heart to the Lord. Don't think that I'm a wicked woman, for I have been praying out of great anguish and sorrow. In that case, Eli said, go in peace. May the Lord of Israel grant the request you have asked of him. Oh, thank you, sir, she exclaimed. Then she went back and began to eat again. And was no longer sad. 19. The entire family got up early the next morning and went to worship the Lord once more. Then they returned home to Ramah. When Elkna slept with Hannah, the Lord remembered her plea. 20. And in due time, she gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel. For she said, I asked the Lord for him. Time out. You know why we get trippy about certain things? Like if I was Hannah low key, I would have wanted God to give me a time frame. Because isn't that what you did with Sarah and Abraham and them, Lord? You was like, "Oh, a year from now, you're gonna be holding a son," and da-da. like you did, you you gave him a time frame. So like, you gave Mary, you told Mary, like, "Yo, you gave her the the blueprint." You finna have a baby. It's a boy. We gonna name him Jesus. He's Messiah. Of the world. You gave her all the instructions. So like, how come? Like, why are you not doing the same? And that was the reason why I went ahead and read Galatians first, because Galatians six four again says, "Pay careful attention to your own work. Then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done, and you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else." The problem is, is that we see what God is doing to other people's lives and we like, okay, so how come they popped off and I'm God, they not even talking about you and they getting, God was going, Oh, I know she ain't pray for no husband. So <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Like you start looking over there and you're like, uh, sir, you skipped the plate. Yeah. When you were serving up, you forgot mine. Like, do I need to get back in line? AKA prayer. Ask again. Do I need to go ahead and fast again? Do I need to? No, you need to be satisfied with that's how God served them, but God is going to serve you something different. And so it requires something different. And if it don't look like anybody else, that's because it's not for no one else but you. And so I was like, time out. This is the first time that I read and in due season, she gave birth to a son. How long did it take? The Bible was like, is it important? Well, I would like to know how long she waited. You know, the woman with the issue of blood, we know she had that issue for a decade and two years, 12 years. You know, we know So we know the man at the pool of Bethesda, he was there for 38 years. Like, how long did she wait? Holy Spirit was so strategic that he was like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I was like, uh. And in due season, she gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel, for she said, I asked the Lord for him. 21, the next year, Elkna and his family went on their annual trip to offer a sacrifice to the Lord and keep his vow. But Hannah did not go. She told her husband, wait until the boy is weaned. Then I will take him to the tabernacle and leave him there with the Lord permanently. 23, whatever you think is best, Elkna agreed. Stay here for now. And may the Lord help you keep your promise. So she stayed home and nursed the boy until he was weaned. Time out. God, what do you want us to learn from that? I want us to learn that sometimes um, when you're praying for God for something, the initiator of the prayer even coming to pass is you have to ask for it. What I didn't read is why Hannah was crying. Because every year Pania, Elkness' other wife, we ain't gonna we ain't gonna gossip, keep keep it scriptural. Okay, keep it scriptural. Used to taunt the heck out of Hannah. And so she would cry and she would cry and she would cry. Maybe that's an indication of Hannah was trying to bury the fact that she really wanted a son, but she never asked for one. Maybe she really wanted to be a mom, but she didn't ask for one. You have not because you ask not. So maybe it took being frustrated for the last time for you to open your mouth and say, God, I I want this promotion. God, I want this tangible item. God, I want to be married. God, I want to be. Maybe it takes you praying from a place of anguish. It's not what it was required. You didn't have to wait till you got to that place. But you know what? Praise God for anguish because it got you to ask for something. Then she went ahead. And didn't even know she was on something spiritual. She got Eli the priest. To touch and agree with what she was asking God for. Then after he was like. Oh in that case go in peace. The Bible says in verse 18 of 1 Samuel. Oh thank you sir. She exclaimed. Then she went back and began to eat again, and was no longer sad. Her disposition changed. Why? Because she switched it to anguish to this prayer is going to be answered. She switched it to the fear of, well, I never have children. Rebuke that in the name of Jesus to faith. So she switched her disposition to a place of expectancy. How can you be expecting and look sad? Those two don't go together. Make room for what you ask God for. Make room in your space, in your tangible space. Maybe it's your home. Maybe it's your car. Maybe it's your office. Start taking some of that stuff down. Cause you like, Oh, I'm getting ready to get promoted. Start doing whatever you need to do to your friend list and your call log. Cause you like, I'm making room for my husband. Start making room for the places in your emotions. Cause you like, yo, I shut that down a long time ago, but I know that I can't live a successful life on three chambers alone when God created four. So she changed her disposition to expectancy. And then what happened as God was preparing it, God remembered her plea. And this is not to say that God forgot, but you know, the, the power of Samuel being born, Israel got a prophet. God needed a prophet. Hannah wanted a son. So there's a timing in that he could have been born years earlier. He could have been, but you don't understand. And what we need to grasp is that the time that we start asking, God is already preparing, but he's preparing it in a way that it is going to be spectacular. Samuel could have been anybody. He could have been a janitor at the tabernacle for Eli. Like, okay, like I'll just, you getting old, I'll just do your laundry. He could have been what David was to his father. Like you'll just take care of the sheep. You ain't really got no real anointing. But the fact that God was like, nah, if she's going to do this for me, if she's going to do this for the kingdom, if she's going to give up being a mom and just be satisfied with just doing it for one year, yo, he got it. His name got to ring bells forevermore. Yeah, I got to make a first and second Samuel in the in the in the Bible. <laughs> yeah, it's not enough just to have one. St- like yeah, the he, this is going to be the most prophetic powerful move she could have ever made, even if she was moved to do it through her emotions, she don't understand that what she was asking me for, I actually need it. So then what happens? She gives birth to a son and she kept her word to God. Sometimes we get the thing and we forget God. Sometimes we get the thing and we're like, oh, okay, actually, I want to change my mind. No, I'm so glad she didn't because this wasn't her first time being a mother. The Bible says in the next chapter over that God blessed her with at least five more kids, daughters and sons. Her womb was super open. <laughs> he was like, oh, um, let me get the spirit of Leah on you real quick. And so what is my challenge to you? What is my challenge to us? Don't be so quick to get spiritual amnesia when things that are tangible around you seem to be more waves and wind than the fact that you initially set out to come out on this water with Jesus. You initially set out, I'm leaving this job to go do my purpose. You initially set out, I'm leaving this dead-end relationship because I feel like God is wanting more for me. Remember what you initially set out to do? And let it be tattooed on your soul and mind and heart that God is not a deadbeat. And that's all I got for you, big baby. I ain't going to hold you. Listen, I feel like you got what you needed. Mm -hmm. You know what these conversations are? They are life-provoking conversations. Conversations that not the average person's gonna have with you, but who your favorite homegirl. I know that we finna go to another level. <laughs> I'm talking about another level. Like you understand? Like it's getting ready to be dope. I'm just, I'm super duper excited about this whole entire thing, and I know that God is going to just show what He can't hide that he's Alpha and Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He's a great father and he's almighty God and he's going to do what he needs to do for the people that he wants to do it for and and really is going to come through. The point, the blank, the period. Listen, created to the number two, multiply.com. K okay, great for all the things that are all the things she's on YouTube created the number two multiply K great Patreon strive the letter N in, inspire. It's up. It's up and what the deacon has said it's stuck. So I'm gonna go ahead and let you let me go. We'll talk later. Okay, later.